Mets fans, I want to take a quick break from talking baseball and let you know about the next top prospect in building a smart home. Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is that big time new star prospect. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is a smart lock, a 2K resolution camera, and a doorbell. It's three devices in one, triple the security. You know triples are rare in baseball, but not with Eufy. You can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but also for convenience. Just the other night, I had tons of packages in the rain. Rather than fumble for my keys, I easily entered my home. This is big since I have four dogs who are impatiently waiting for me at the door. No more concerns about losing keys, and you could assign passwords to your family members. Worried about when your loved ones are getting home? Eufy allows you to see them coming back home via the integrated camera. Hey Mets fans, this is a home run. I had a competitive product before Eufy, and it's the difference between a one-dimensional hitter and a five-tool player. Eufy is that five-tool superstar. Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com to learn more. Already sold? Go to Amazon and get your Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Want to go to the store? Best Buy will have it starting around May 20th. Get complete control over your front door at ease with the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Our first primary focus and concern is our players, our staff, safety, obviously the safety of our fans, and, and everybody that's part of the Mets and baseball, baseball community here. Um, a number of our players are going through their, their own thought processes to determine what their immediate plans will be. Our focus and our encouragement is first and foremost about player and family well-being, and we are encouraging people to talk to their families and make sure that they're focusing on their health and safety above and beyond the competition or uh, baseball activities. It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Thursday, March 19th, 2020. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at thetalkingmetspodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you can get the show on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. Of course, if there's one that I'm not on, let me know. I'll get on there. I'd greatly appreciate your feedback over at Apple Podcast. Well, it's been about a week and a half and longer. I've been promising to get back on the air and talk to the audience over here uh, with what all the craziness that's going on in the world. You know, a lot of things have changed since our last podcast where we were talking about Stephen Matz being the fifth starter and we had our, our friend Brian Wright, the author of his new book, and we're talking about all-time favorite Mets and all-stars and things like that, and we're getting ready for the regular season, and Michael Conforto has an oblique strain, and all the things that become uh, huge stories and basically stress out fans, and sometimes stress them out at a high level where it ruins their day, and and look, that's what makes baseball fun. We're passionate about it, and this takes away a lot of free time for us where it's not the most uh, it's not the the worst thing for us to do in our free time but 
things change and the world is changing. And with what's going on with this virus and businesses and Wall Street and uh, people in certain sectors working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and maybe doing that for a long time, I didn't really know what would be appropriate to come to you and talk about. What are we going to talk about? What, what's going to happen when the Mets return? We have no idea when the baseball season is going to return. I thought about reaching out to a couple of guests and say, well, how's this going to change with the media and the locker room that was already changing before all of this got real serious, when it was just, hey, this could be a problem, and, and now it's like, hey, stay in your house, don't leave. And it, even they said, they were like, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about. And that's true. Is this, There's not a lot to talk about. What do you say? And you're not here to listen to me talk about my feelings on things. Uh, I know you're feeling afraid physically at times to go out, and every sniffle is starting to get you think. Financially, there are people that are really going to be struggling if they're not struggling already. Uh, some people are afraid about watching their freedoms go away. You're seeing that right before your eyes, and you worry, is, is, is that a permanent thing? You don't want to hear that from me. Now, ultimately, I did want to speak to everybody. I did want to put a podcast out because I don't know what to do next. And, and maybe, as I said on Twitter, maybe you give me some feedback. Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com and see, you know, what would you like to see? Do we do we go back to the throwbacks that I didn't do? I mean, when we had, I mean, think about since how crazy it's been since the sign stealing and the, you know, the Mets hiring a manager and then hiring another manager and all the things that have been going on. It's It's been such an unconventional offseason. And maybe all the way back to the All-Star break when the Mets made their run, it's been from between the world and baseball and how those two things collide. It's just been wild. It's made for some great podcasts, for some great entertainment, for some great talk. But right now, you don't want this kind of entertainment. You don't want this uh, kind of talk. So what can I bring you here on this very short podcast? Because this is a basic podcast. There's no bells and whistles. We're not going away to segments. We're not breaking it up with fancy clips. It's just you and I, me talking to you, and hopefully, again, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com would love to hear from you. And I'm not sure what you're doing right now. If you're working and you're a grocery worker or a healthcare worker, I'm sure you're working to the bone. And the last thing you want to do is worry about sending an email or listening to a podcast. Um, and obviously, everybody should thank you. Nobody really thinks of the truck drivers and the healthcare workers and the grocery workers and all the essential businesses that are now being highlighted. It's almost like they're the offensive linemen of society and the economy, and nobody really appreciates the offensive linemen until they make a mistake. Now they need them because that's all we got left for the offensive linemen. We don't have any wide receivers and quarterbacks anymore, use a, a, a sports analogy. So what kind of baseball season are we going to come back to? And at first I thought, well, all right, this is going to be a small pause. May 1st, you'll have a 144-game season. You start to look at 1995, not a bad deal. It was, a, in a lot of ways, because of that Seattle Mariners-Yankees series, It was it's going down as an historic season, even though it's it's rather nondescript outside of that series. The Indians were a dominant team. The Braves win the World Series. And nobody's taken away the Braves World Series championship. That was the only championship they had during their run. So not the end of the world for it to be 1995. But now, looking at the situation, looking at how cautious 
the country has to be to prevent people from getting sick and most importantly from preventing the hospitals to be overloaded. I think ultimately that's what we don't want because that's where this thing could get really serious, more serious than than it is now and become more scary than it is now. Uh, I can't tell you when the baseball season is going to start. And I've talked to some people. I've talked to people in the entertainment and sports industry that I trust. And there are people that think June 1st is a pretty good date where things can start or where people will feel safe enough to gather. And what that looks like, I don't know. But I'm also thinking you may get, even if you do middle of June, you're looking at like a 1981 type season. Maybe 100 to 110, 112 games. Because you know, that's what that's ultimately what uh what you may be able to pull off because the old, the the end game here is unless they're willing and the players and the and the players association and the owners would have to come together with this and, and other sports, maybe maybe the indoor sports it would be a little more difficult because now you're indoors. Outdoor sports, maybe it's it's a little bit better. And I'm not a health expert, so maybe I'm Maybe that doesn't even make sense, but maybe you don't even play with fans until, if not all season, maybe till later in the season. So maybe that's on the table. I look at it, well, you got about eight weeks away from even a camp starting. And what does that camp look like? It's probably a two-week, almost like a, you know, a two, the old two-a-day high school Friday Night Lights football camps. Do get as, as healthy as possible. It's very dangerous for pitchers. Uh, hopefully, if they're healthy, they're they're home and they're staying in shape, and I'm sure they are. It's never the same as as competition. You've ramped all the way up. Now you're ramping all the way back down. You've prepared for this over many months. Pitchers have a routine, and now you're taking them out of that routine. Um, you have basically those two weeks, and if you have a three or four month season, you're gonna get even optimistically with double headers. You got to give these guys a couple of days off a month. You're looking at 27 to 28 games a month. So do the math. You got a little, oh, Maybe with double headers you could pull off 100 in a three-season month. Maybe if you get four, maybe you could get up to 120. I think that's asking for a lot. What I personally would do, I would focus on just divisional play as the bulk of the schedule. You could do within the National League and the American League. Get rid of the interleague play. You focus on your division for the bulk of the games because you want to make it where the division matters. And then you could play maybe everybody a series. I'm not breaking down the schedule here mathematically perfectly. Maybe you play three games at home, three games on the road against the other two divisions. And it may not work out perfectly because you're going to have to slide things in to get everybody an equal number of games scheduling, stadiums, there's all sorts of things. But right now with concerts and all sorts of other entertainment being put on pause, I'm guessing baseball is going to say, hey, my stadium needs to be for my stuff. Forget about all the other stuff. Uh, convention, you know, there's conventions. Who, who the heck knows? It's it's such a big unknown. But I don't anticipate there being an all-star game. Maybe they'll do something after the season. Uh, get creative. Uh, no, Like I said, no interleague play. You've taken a marathon and you've made it basically a 10K. And with what's going on and the impact economically on people with what's going on, you're really 
maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be something that'll make us appreciate the game more. I've been talking about for a long time that I think sometimes we focus on all the wrong things. The media focuses on all the wrong things. The fans focus on all the wrong things. Uh, nobody's ever happy. You know, nobody's ever just enjoying the game for what it is. And now it's been taken away. And 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 that and that's something that I hope people start to really think about. I think, and you're starting to read it today. Uh, I saw a report that they may just cancel the draft because they want to save some of that money from amateur uh, signing bonuses so they could pay their workers. You know, I talked to a scout yesterday. They're not allowed to communicate with any potential prospect. Usually you could communicate with prospects. I know they're not playing any games. He's like, I can't communicate with them. I've been told, do not communicate, which gives you a very strong indication that they're seriously putting the draft on pause. So you, player development has been blown up. This same scout gave me a very interesting take. He said teams that are more analytical and stat-based modeling with the draft are going to struggle now because you have no games to go off of. So you basically have to have your scouts or whoever's left analyze these guys, and they even will struggle because maybe you saw them last year, but you're not going to really see a lot of games, and if you do get any kind of amateur games, how long is that going to be? Because their seasons are going to be even shorter. And now you have academic eligibility and school and all the things that come with college uh, and, 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 and what have you that have to be put into play. Do scouts make a comeback from this? As for ballpark employees, you got to feel horrible for those people, just like I feel horrible for anybody in the restaurant, entertainment, anybody who had the carpet pulled out from under, under them during this. It's just a horrible thing because one day everything's normal, the next day it's gone from you. And it, it does prove to you how precious life is and, and how you have to take the important stuff seriously. So it's good to see baseball put together their own little pseudo-government bailout for the ballpark employees to keep them going. I have a friend of mine who relies on a lot of income, most of his income, on being at the ballpark and doing uh Various media freelance assignments. He's got nothing. He's got nothing. And I've been trying to go back and forth with him to talk to him. And uh, even for those people, they could say, well, you know, maybe you do Uber, you do something else. Who the heck's going to be on the road? You really have had every source of income taken away. And I'm glad to see baseball is doing that. The union battle with baseball has begun and you can see reading and that's the next thing this whole thing leading up to potentially a work stoppage or strike it could go two ways it could be good where both sides realize the american people are not in the mood to hear them fight over millions of dollars but it could be bad because the players could say this is now an opportunity for the owners to take away freedoms from us or things we fought for and further distance themselves from where they want to be. They've allowed a lot of things. A strong union, which is still a strong union, and probably one of the... There's no doubt it's one of the strongest unions when you... I don't want to compare it to regular everyday unions, but when when it comes to sports, there's nobody better than baseball. That took a hit on the last collective bargaining agreement. And 
the players may see this as the owners going in for the kill. Just like people like you and I are starting to see government do things that are being portrayed as for our safety, and I think they are, but part of me looks at it and says, hmm, these are things that are slowly chipping away at a lot of freedoms, and you hope, well, it's only temporary, but speak to people over the course of history that have lived in societies where they were told that, and then look back at how history panned out in those situations. Now, baseball and the baseball union doesn't fall into that same category as world history, but you can see the players start to take it on the chin. If we don't have a baseball season, and I don't think that's going to happen, but I think there's a much larger percentage chance of sports not coming back in 2020 than I think anybody thinks, because over the next weeks and into May, I think that reality will become more and more depending on, again, how many people get sick, how overloaded the hospitals are, and and how the government feels and the, uh, the, the professionals and the healthcare people feel this will transpire as we get into the uh, warmer months. So we really don't know. I wouldn't put it at 100% that it's we are going to have a season. It's not anymore a certainty, I believe, for any of the major sports. Teams are going to have to wake up from this. The And we've talked about this a lot on this program. The tanking and the organizational building, the scams where they bottom out these teams and they spend five years because the general manager wants to have his job security. The owner says, I'm not going to be able to win, so I'll bring more profit almost by not being competitive than being competitive and using the team as whatever device they want to use it for. And you'll still get decent attendance because people want to go out to the ballpark during the summer. They want to be outside. Their kids maybe like going to the ballpark. The game may be, yeah, I'll check in with the game, but it's nice going to whatever insert ballpark on a Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, Saturday evening. And if your team is good or somewhat competitive, you'll you'll draw attendance. There's going to be a lot of cities hurting especially cities that are going to be impacted because economically industries have been destroyed. I mean, restaurants aren't going to come back right away overnight. I mean, they're going to rely on baseball to bring people back in some ways because the surrounding situation that will come from it. The hope that because all the, I mean, New York City, basically, when you boil it down to it, not that City Field and Yankee Stadium are in New York City, but New York City without restaurants, bars, and entertainment, what do you really have at this point? It's not special anymore. They're going to need sports to at least start getting people funneling back in, and then you hope there's that spillover. So these teams that think they're going to pull that nonsense and smugly lecture people about what they're doing, and if they don't even have a draft, they're not even going to be able to spend the year developing anybody. They could develop their uh, minor leaguers they have, but without a draft... There's a lot of guys that that's all they worry about. That's their job. They're, they, you know, there are teams that they're focused on 2029 and 2030. So I'd be real careful if I were those teams, and especially if this becomes a real sprint this season. Every team, every team, very quickly into the season, depending on how hot of a start they get off to, should be looking to win. Maybe in a way, all this bad will put in perspective a lot of things and make the sport better. That's my hope. Because I, I, I just worry a lot about 
how this is all going to play out and the future of the sport, specifically when it comes down to when you learn to live without something for a long period of time and you're literally living without any sport right now possible. When it comes back and life comes back and it will, that I'm positive about. You start to question how you spent your time. And maybe now you'll reallocate your time in a different way. And if people do the same nonsense that they did before all this, it's going to be a lot less likely that the the public will be fooled like they may have been in the past. And I think the the idea of people who are going to get stir-crazy here pretty quick sitting home, if you think they're going to want to spend their days looking at box scores of MLIB.com and you know, next year's draft, and that's my hope for being a, a sports fan for Team XYZ. Well, I think you got another thing coming for you. I think you're going to see ballparks literally empty. And not because the government says you can't go in there or the municipality says you can't go in there. People are not going to waste their time. You know, there are people who, for a long time, especially the elderly, people who are over a certain age group who are at higher risk here, they're not going to want to go sit at a ballpark. They'll watch it at home. Are you going to risk going to the ballpark? Even for a, a team like the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers, who you all, you know, there's there's no reason to believe they still won't be competitive when this thing returns. You're going to go sit in Pittsburgh? You're going to go sit in some of these ballparks like uh, Toronto? Places that clearly are not interested in competing and winning? And really the most the fun part about this from a media perspective is that is sign stealing really this big thing that we all need to get crazy about and worry about and get all worked up about? So I'd really start to think about that. From the Mets, look, the Mets are in a good position whether it's a 162-game season, 144-game season, 81-game season, whatever. Uh, there was a lot of mojo coming out of that camp. Uh, they're deep. Uh, I think they're good offensively. I know they didn't hit a hell of a lot this spring. I think they're going to have a good bullpen if it stays healthy. They have a rotation that goes six deep. They have starters who can be at any given moment. Most of them, especially the top three, could pitch like a number one. And the bottom park guys could pitch like a two or a three. Um, so that's a good place to be in. And a shorter season may help them. You could get Cespedes and Conforto healthy. Maybe Jed Lowry somehow miraculously finds a cure for his ailing uh, ligaments in his knee and comes back and can contribute in some way, shape, or form. Having six starters may be an important thing if there's a lot of doubleheaders. Maybe Michael Walker's going to be in the rotation anyway. You know, maybe you want to, you know, do something creative there with, you know, not just matchups, but you know, especially if there's a lot of, uh, you know, games in multiple days. Where now having a Dom Smith uh, could give people a blow. You know, you got to remember that it's like the same thing with capacity as we see with the country now with the flow of certain goods. When you try to do two or three weeks of things in a shorter span of time, one or two, there's physical overload. So if you start playing a lot of doubleheaders like the old days, these guys haven't been built for it. Now, I think in college they still play doubleheaders, so maybe it won't be a big deal for the young guys, but you're going to have guys on the roster, Kano. You know, what happens if they play in a seven-day week, they play two doubleheaders? He's not going to play all those games. You may think he can, but he's not. So the Mets are deep enough, I think, maybe not Dodgers deep enough, to withstand this. 
And another crazy thing is that you had some teams like the Yankees, some stars who are hurt. Now they have a chance to come back. And it'll be a shorter season, but maybe it'll be a more competitive season. Maybe we'll get one of the better quality products of play that we've seen in a long time. I'm trying to find silver linings in all this. And then finally, and again, you're not here to hear my opinion on anything. Because that's not why you tune into this podcast. You want to hear my thoughts on baseball. And I gave you some of those thoughts on baseball. But I've been thinking about this because people are really bummed out, rightfully so. They're not able to get their sports. You know, They're probably going to be tired of Netflix and Hulu or whatever within the next three or four days. And, and some cities it's harder to go out and do anything than other parts of the country. But I said to someone the other day, uh, not to diminish, and I'm in, I was born in 1977, and not to diminish anything that's happened. We've had a couple of wars, obviously 9-11. So there have been events during our lifetime here that have shaped us and, and challenged us. But if you were to go back in time, whether it's athletes who served during World War II or guys who, if you remember back in the 60s, had to take time off from teams, uh, what was it, to go to the National Reserve during the Vietnam uh, days. Uh, I'm sure there are young people who, you know, you know now that are, are not so young anymore that were waiting for their draft number to come up. And then there's World War One and the Korean War, or whatever you want to, you know, go back to. I think what we're going through right now, and if the worst thing that comes out of it is that we lose most or all of a baseball season, and we'll be and and come out of it okay, I think every one of those generations of people would sign up for this pain versus maybe some of the pain that they went through. You remember there are baseball players that lost careers, chunks of careers, three, four years. Because of uh, World War II. You want to lose three months here? I don't think that really compares. I'm not trying to diminish what's going on. I'm trying to put context, context and perspective. Because as we sit home, as we worry, as we re-click Twitter or CNN or Fox or whatever website you go to. And see another doomsday prophecy or another micro story about what could happen which those predictions are as valuable as the predictions that come out in Sports Illustrated in April of any baseball season. Nobody knows. Not, not to say things are, are off, because data and analysis is data analysis, but very rarely does the predictions that are put out by the pundits for a baseball season in April come true when it's all said and done in October or November, or who knows when the season ends now. Maybe we'll be playing the World Series on Christmas. Who the hell knows? Anyway, get back to me. I'm, I'm leaning towards taking a little pause here, just like the sports world. I don't know how appropriate it is to go on and act like everything's normal. I know people have gotten back to me already and said, please have a podcast. We need a distraction. And I'm leaning towards doing things weekly or bi-week, you know, every other week for the time being. I'm trying to sort it out just like I, uh, all of you. So... Stay in touch. At Mike Silva Media is the address on Twitter. Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com is the email address. I'd love to hear from you. You could always get past shows. You could scroll through. I got a lot of shows you could go back to if you go to TalkingMetsPodcast.com. 
I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll be back soon. I don't know when. We'll be back soon with another Talking Mets podcast. Keep following me on Twitter. Keep interacting with me over email. Be well and take care, everybody. <laughs>